So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, we're live. Okay. Welcome to Future Creep, colon. Built in microwave. Semicolon. Lifetime supply of things, things you, you don't, don't need. need. Yeah. All right. So um, I I was thinking about this um, topic from the point of view of like, I remember being a child on the playground and having friends who would talk about like, oh, my friend won a lifetime supply of like soda, like, like Coca-Cola or like, you know, my friend got a lifetime supply of Snicker bars because they went on, they like played that, you know, whatever sweepstakes or whatever. And then they ended up with a lifetime supply of, of whatever it was. And I, I'm pretty sure all of these things were totally not true, but yes. it's just sort of one of those like myths that gets passed around the playground. Yeah. Aren't there places like, didn't Taco Bell have some kind of like giveaway for free tacos for life or something? Probably. I mean, I think there was a, po- I think, I think there was a point where, um, it was popular. It was a popular prize, right? right? It was like, oh, you could win a lifetime supply of this good that we make, like whatever or this goods, you know, like yeah, like that always makes me question, like, what do you define as a lifetime? Like, what if I live to be one hundred and five? Can I still be cashing in on this stuff? Will these companies even be around? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, and when you actually like look, you know, as I got older and I looked back and I was like, you know, you can actually read the fine print, and a lot of times it's like a lifetime supply um, would be something they'd arbitrarily fixed in place, right? So, like, if you were just going to say, like, you, lo- you you want a lifetime supply of, like, Snickers candy bars, mm-hmm. when you look at the fine print, it's like, that's one candy bar a week or something like that for right. the rest of your life. And so it's a, it's a, a limit. A, there is a limit. Like, it's not like, and oftentimes it's like, they give it to you all up front for the year. Mm-hmm. So now you have to store, they're like, okay, you gotta put it somewhere. Here's, here's, you know, 72 candy bars or something like that, right? Yeah. That's your yearly supply. And, and it's not trivial. Like, it's like, you know, it's a cool thing if you want it and you like those things, but eventually you're just like, I don't even know what to do with all these fucking candy bars, right? Right. Um, oh, so the, yeah, that's another problem to consider. Who wants a lifetime supply of X? You yeah. get so bored of whatever it is. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing that it becomes, um, that's where the, that you don't need portion mm-hmm. of it, right? right. Um, and I, I always found that kind of fascinating and I was thinking about how um, at that time, like I think we also lived in a... It, it was the early days of like um, planned obsolescence for things too, you know, like yes. it wasn't, people weren't really wise to the idea that a lot of products are designed to break after two years so that you have to replace it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it was early consumerism, right? So winning, it's like, hey, you just hit the jackpot. Like you get to consume this thing for the rest of your life without ever having to worry about yeah. it. And you're like, oh man, this is great because people are kind of staring at that like, well, I really like my Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. You know? That's like the I'm things- totally going to play that because I'm never going to stop drinking Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. That's like the like the lottery. If you win the lottery, you can take the cash option, which is always smarter. Right. Because of inflation. Right. Or you can take the annuity, and that's like every for 20 years they pay you? Yeah, it like pays out over 20 years or something yeah. like that. Um, Not exactly a lifetime. No, but it's oftentimes... Um, I mean, that's a whole episode, right? I mean, there's like mm-hmm. the, like there's game theory around that. Like what's the right thing to do? I mean, yeah. you know, on the one hand, if you're young and it's like, you're not, 
you know, getting a lump sum of money because you know you're going to do something with it is great. But there's also like you don't get the full amount then. Right. And there's also like tax implications and all of those things when you take the lump sum. Yeah. Whereas if you take it getting paid out over 20 years, that might be a good idea if you're like, I don't know what, you know, I don't have a plan. And now for the next 20 years, I have this like regular income. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like you said, like, you know, you have to factor in inflation and other issues. Like, so if you took the lump sum up front and then you paid off the taxes and then you invested a lump sum of money that large in yeah. even like something that performed at 3%. Annually, it's oftentimes, yeah. You would exceed the rate of inflation if you borrowed and or if you spaced it out over 20 years and we're getting the same payment. Right. But out of a out of a fund that you control now. Yeah. That's the main thing, right? right. And, and but then being able to actually do that, right? I mean there's risk involved. You could um, hire an accountant with some of that money. Yeah, which is what, you know, would be advisable. Um I mean my understanding Get a lawyer. <laughs> Get a lawyer. Right? Lawyer up. Yeah. What I recommend is hiring an ethicist. Yeah. Mm. We're not as good as lawyers. <laughs> no. Well, there's not a lot of financial return on that at the moment. No. Right. right. Um, anyway, I, you know, so the concept of like a lifetime supply of things, things you don't need. uh And I just think about, um, you know, a lot of us already live in that situation. It's like you, (gasps) like if you shop at, at Costco and you don't have, um, like a large family, like you live, like I live alone. Right. And it's like, I go to, like, I go to Costco occasionally because they just have a good deal or something, but it's like, I don't need that much toilet paper. I can't reasonably Speaking of which, have you seen those giant rolls of toilet paper that come with their own stand? No. For your bathroom? I thought this was a joke. That's hilarious. And then I verified it. And then later I saw the same ad and I was like, am I sure this is not a joke? And then I looked it up again. It is not a joke. It's like, you know, when you go to a Target or any public restroom where they have high traffic, they have those giant toilet paper rolls. Otherwise, you'd be changing them constantly yeah you can now get them in your home really but instead of you know when you mount normal toilet paper on the wall Uh there's like the holder that's attached i will just say attached to the wall right yeah and then you have to use the spring-loaded little um stick inside of it that the toilet paper roll sits around right like the axle yeah Yeah. the axle so on on normal size tiny toilet paper Mm -hmm. it you unroll away from the wall Yes. Like you pull the toilet paper away from the wall into the bathroom. Right. And the, but with this giant roll, Mm -hmm. obviously you can't do that because it would stick super far off out the wall. Right, right. Uh, so this one, it comes on its own stand and it's meant to kind of like sit, the stand sits on the floor up flush with the wall so that the, the toilet paper. Uh, So it sticks out, the axle is sort of perpendicular to the wall. Axle's perpendicular to the wall. So it's the same width as a normal roll of toilet paper. Yes. But, the amount of toilet paper on the roll makes the toilet roll itself like two feet in diameter. It's kind of hilarious. It's enormous. Right. And I just saw like, man, where were we? Maybe we were at Target or no, we were at like, we were somewhere and there was a bunch of them on a pallet Mm -hmm. being delivered somewhere. And to see that many enormous rolls, like it doesn't, it seems like such a fake product. Like who would do that? Who would put that giant roll in their bathroom? It's enormous. Yeah. It's like the size of a car tire. It's comical. It's, it's like clown clown proportions. Yes, it's clown proportions. Right. And like I can just imagine the person patting themselves on the back for being smart enough to buy this much toilet paper at once and then all your friends coming over and being like, what is this? The thing I think about immediately is the number of times that I've been cleaning the bathroom or, you know, it's the place where there's a lot of water, right? And so if I do anything that's wet, like if I was cleaning a dog or anything like that, 
the number of toilet paper rolls I've ruined by getting, you know, either <laughs> yes. like, like getting a lot of bleach on them or getting like some cleaning yep. agent or, you know, the number of times they've like fallen in the toilet. Now at two feet <laughs> around, they're not going to fall in the toilet. So that's not an issue, but they I just will think just about, destroy your toilet porcelain. You will drop the roll and it will shatter just, your toilet. The toilet bowl. will just crush and yeah. water flows. Over. Yeah. Um, but I just think about like it's such a liability for me. I'm like, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a regular occurrence, but enough times in my life where I'm like, okay, so now I have all this toilet paper exposed and out. It's not covered. It's going to get wet. I'm not going to want to use that after that. Yeah. And it's just, it's toilet paper. So it's just going to leach through all of it. Ugh. Like, no one wants to be using a roll of toilet paper that's been out that long. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, no. Like, I, no, not for me. I want, I want sanitary toilet paper <laughs> oh that comes God. out of the package and then goes on the wall and is, you know, reasonably on the ground there for a week or two. I don't compromise on the sanitation of what I use to wipe my butt. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a sensitive area for most people. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. put your pepper fingers on your butthole. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. And that's another thing. It's like, you know, everybody's in there like, you know poop in and like their poop particles are slowly <laughs> just getting leached into the by the time you get to the bottom of the roll like is that like 50 percent poop particles oh i don't know Oh my god you're totally onto something forget there. about whether anyway yeah that's my i believe our toilet roll is kind of funny because it's because we have such a tiny bathroom the toilet roll holder kind of like hangs over like a little grappling hook it like hangs over the edge of the sink mm-hmm. which is also an ikea sink because everything in here is ikea and uh except this toilet paper roll holder not Ikea. Otherwise, it would fit the sink better. Uh, right, right. Because it would be designed to, right. to hang over But it's like edge. this little chrome thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like looks like a U shape. And on one of the legs or the, the uprights of the U, you slip the toilet paper roll on. And the other upright is the upright that like hooks over the top lip of the sink. Like, bing. Yeah. And so the toilet paper actually is standing vertically in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So you unroll to the right or to the left, but not towards you, right. really. So you can't even have the debate about whether it should be over or under. Yeah, there is no over-under debate yeah. in our house. There's my, just left or right. My toilet paper rolls the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it sits, like yes, the way it, it is, is, it sits vertically. So yep. you, there's no real solution Yours there. Yours is sturdier than ours. Ours clings around. You can always tell when somebody's going to the bathroom because you can hear the toilet paper roll, like clang, 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 clang. Right, right. Unrolls. I know that, what you're doing. <laughs> right. That one's kind of nice. Uh, I could retrofit it and put some of that mushy tape, like the foam tape, sure, on the yeah, little hook and part, then and then it, it wouldn't cling. Oh, around. sure, yeah, but that's no fun. Note to self: I'm going to do that. I mean, you, the nature of living in RV is a very close, intimate environment with right. anyone that you have over as a guest, right? Like, every, every and and you and your your partner, right? Yeah, and like the bathroom door situation was a nightmare because it was a pocket door and it was super heavy. And would slide around like crazy when we drove and stuff. So we just took it out. And for a pocket door to be a pocket door, it has to slide in between the space created by two adjacent walls. Right, right. And so we're removing the inner wall. Mm-hmm. We're turning that into a panel. And then we're ceiling mounting it on runners. So there will be a sliding door again, but it will be a panel as opposed to a pocket door. Right, so it'll be hung. And it'll be much lighter weight. Right. So if it does hang, you know, bang around while we're driving, it's not like, it's like solid oak doors. Like who? The inside of it's my fancy. RV is solid oak finish everywhere. Weight isn't an issue in an RV. You're not thinking about my efficiency of traveling over the ground. But right? like, think if you did, though, it's yeah. so much smarter. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Toilet paper. You would not need 
a lifetime of those giant rolls. Like there would be nowhere in that bathroom behind us yeah. that you could put one of those giant rolls. There's no floor space. For no, the, for no the there's not enough wall space. It doesn't no. matter where you hung it. It would just be a nightmare. It would. It's way too big. Yeah. I sometimes have a problem because the toilet roll is mounted on the sink. When I wash my face, I splash everywhere. Mm-hmm. And because it's a an RV, we use one ply so that it goes through the system very easily. Right, right. And it doesn't clog up. <laughs> and like, So sometimes the toilet paper gets a little wet from washing my face. And then the next time I go to use it, I can't like get it off the roll because it's just it's shredding. Damp. and like, right. da- It's moist. It's moist. <laughs> so I damp toilet paper. Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, yeah. So, um, and that's kind of the thing is it's like a lot of times a lifetime supply sounds good, but then it's like, what is the form of that, that it yeah. comes in, whether that's actually a burden or, you know, how many cubic feet like, of something am I going to have to figure out where to put? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Lifetime supply of allergy shots. Yeah, maybe it's kind of useful, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the devil's in the details, right? I mean, it's like, Daily um, allergy shots. You have to take them daily. They're effective, but you have to get a shot every day now. Once daily. And you can never stop. You have to. What if you were like a diabetic who also had to take allergy shots every day? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you're, yeah. I mean, that's not so bad. What's if you, in an allergy shot? Well, the allergy shots, it depends. I mean, sometimes my understanding is like you can either have um, an antihistamine sort of shot, which is really kind of. either retroactive or proactive depending but um if it's something to build your i i was reading about this because i'm allergic to cats and my partner would is kind of like she's like i'm getting a cat at some point you've got that's (laughs) happening and i'm like i know i know we're gonna figure it out um and she's always been pushing like you know there are these treatments you can go have where you have like a series of shots over time yeah and you build up your sort of tolerance yes um and that i so in that case, I think it's just a very controlled dose of the thing that you're allergic to. Yes. And the idea is that they're they're kind of like inoculating your your immune, like you're giving your immune system an opportunity to you're teaching it math. to rebalance <laughs> against that particular allergen. Yes, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, but that's a real hand wavy. I I should know. I just haven't looked it up. We could look it up. That would be another. We can maybe talk about that on podcast. Allergies. Something. Allergies. What yeah. are you talking about my weird allergies? Oh, I've had some had some real rough days when it comes to allergies but nothing nothing life-threatening thankfully yeah. it's always just been like you know weeks of misery while hay, hay fever is just taking uh, its toll that sounds terrible yeah um do not want do not want do not want no no thank you no thank you right pass it's a hard pass for me <laughs> <laughs> what else do we not need a lifetime supply of um uh I think it's hard to figure on anything being a lifetime supply. Like we're running into that. Like I'm trying to picture sure stuff you don't need in massive quantities. I, I mean, there's things you can kind of like start from like basics and be like, you know, lifetime lifetime supply of oxygen. That's a certainly a nice thing to have around. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something that I think we kind of take for granted. But, you know, as we move towards like a <laughs> spacefaring culture and, right. you know, like people are going to maybe spend way more time in, in space, you know, like your basic fundamentals for living, right? Like yeah. food, shelter, water, air, health, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. Um, at least you've got your health. Yeah. At least you've got your health. But I, I mean, that's where I think like, you know, when we were when I was thinking about this, it's more in the terms of like, I remember these things, like these prizes, it's like these lifetime supplies of whatever this company provides. Yeah. And you think about it and it's like, you know, at the time as a kid, that seems amazing. 
I'm like, you mean I can have that sugar for free forever? Because also as a kid, like money was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I mean, we weren't well off. Like I did not have, but I just had no access to get money anyway. Right. right? You had and none of your own money. I had no autonomy with my spending or any really ability to spend on anything. So it's like if, if from my point of view, sugar, soda, candy, those things were like a restricted item. Yeah. So the concept of like, you can have a lifetime supply. I'm like, it, it's sort of like, um, all our troubles are over, you know, you know, in star Wars, the originals, when uh, Han Solo is like, you know, and they're like, we'll pay you whatever you want. They'll pay you more than you can imagine. And he's, it looks like saying to Han, he's like, you know, you'll, you'll get paid as much more than you can imagine. And, and Han Solo's like, well, I can imagine an awful lot. Like that was my thinking when I was a kid, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I can, I would literally like die in a diabetic coma, like instantly, as soon as I won this prize <laughs> in my mind. Right. Like, it's just like, I can't eat enough of it quickly enough. Right. Um, and that was kind of my, you know, it's like, it's also like a thing I don't need, right. It's not going to do me well. Like, like unfettered access to this, like this <laughs> t- t- sugar is not, necessarily a good thing especially as a child legal right? crack right legal crack let's just get it in there um oh, god a lifetime supply of sugar there's a lot of things i can think of that are like intentionally single use only sure like uh well now i can't think of anything off the top of my head lifetime supply of bloody hospital sheets <laughs> bloody <laughs> just just things that are just nobody needs right I need well that and then i think that's also like the case like i <laughs> think if you narrow it down to like a lot of those things started to move towards like a year's supply um, yeah. you know, or like a year's supply of this thing, which is like, like more, like more reasonable as yeah. far as the company's concerned. Like they're not on the hook for this <laughs> as much like it's for one year, which is again, like quantified. They're like, we're going to give you 52 units of this. Mm-hmm. That's what we're calling. Like <coughs> we've determined that's what a lifetime or a, yeah. Um, right. Um, lifetime, lifetime supply of used insulin needles. And that's what I like. That's kind of the thing. Um, that I was kind of getting at too is it's like if you if you just tell me think of gross things you wouldn't want for the rest of your life I'll just that's but they, for they, some reason that's easier for me to think about sure but that's also like that already exists right like in some ways someone has to deal with those lifetime supply of raw sewage <laughs> like if you're if you're diabetic you know I mean hopefully like medicine's changing around that but for a lot of diabetics it would be like I already have a lifetime supply of used insulin needles right because there I have to use them now I pay for the clean ones, but then I have used ones that is a lifetime supply. <laughs> like I have more than I can ever deal with. Right. Um, more, I got more, more of these than I need. Lifetime supply of um, back orders of Time magazine. <laughs> like slightly out of date. Just like every year at the end of the year, you get like the previous year's or like load. Yeah, somebody and like if whoever did this hears this. Like I think I also bought it for myself, but I'm pretty sure that at least one person besides myself has bought a copy of uh the national geographic for the month of november 1979 which is the month i was born yeah and so i got i ended up with like three back copies of ngo that's hilarious or national geographic organization 1979 1979 1979 yeah issue and hilariously i don't remember anything about it it's my grandparents had that. They would get, you know, they had oodles and oodles of National Geographic, oh like just God. ever. Like, I, um, my parents in the basement, I think, have you know those magazine holders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my dad has like hundreds of them. Yeah. He also has like aviation magazines and stuff like that. Right. 
It just go back forever. It's a death trap down there. It's a death trap. Death, it's gonna go. It's all like scrapbooking materials and old magazines. Watch yourself if you're going down there. Gunpowder and a furnace. <laughs> That's what's in the basement. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Highly flammable object. Right. Let's live on top of this powder keg. Right. Quite literally. Literally. Yes. Um, and not the not the new meaning of literal, but the the classic the classic literal the literal classic. And I mean literal in a classical yeah. sense. Right. So um, um, anyway, after okay, that short little break, break, yeah, what we were uh, on about was um, just kind of the ridiculous things you already have a lifetime supply of. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some things that they sell in quantities that you're like, I'm never going to use all this. Yes. Uh, yeah. It could take me my whole life and I wouldn't use all of the stuff in this thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, God, well, the, I have a thing of Himalayan pink salt that I got from costco uh-huh. speaking of oversized things that don't really have a place in your home yeah like it's like 10 pound jug of salt or something it's like uh, I, yeah i i've had it for years that's i mean that is a lot of this is like very contextual right it's like if you have a lot of space to store things then it's fine, it's fine. and i think too when you're um you know it's just sometimes it's a sense of scale too you mm-hmm. know um and like what you use more of yeah um like I don't use a lot of Q-tips, so I usually buy like one of those big packs, and it just lasts for like a year or two. Yeah. And occasionally, I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting low. I go get another one, and it sits there forever and ever and ever." Um, I use them now more than I used to because, at, for some reason, if I get water in this ear and like water and soap, I can't feel it in oh, my right uh, ear. Right. <clears throat> so my right side of my head is all weird, and so I think it like pools in there, and then. It like starts to hurt, and that weird node right here gets all swollen up. Oh yeah, and then it's a problem, but you don't really yeah. notice until it's like out of control. Yeah, until right. like some other part of me hurts as a result of the thing that's actually the problem, and then it's a process of like, hmm, what could be causing this problem that I'm just unaware of? Right, right. It's like it's like missing a step in the plot. You're like, I get the ending, but how did we find ourselves here? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's like, let's charge forward on this topic. Um, right. So, I mean, cause there's a big point to this, right? There's not, is there? No. I think we just kind of landed on that. Sounds like something funny to talk about. A lifetime supply of things you don't need. It's just yeah. like, it's, that's a, like a special type of hell. It is kind of a special type of hell. Yeah. Yeah. To be stuck with. Right. Right. Like for instance, a f- person who I know, um, his dad, uh, hoards t-shirts and they're hung in the basement from the rafters of the floor above, right? So if you go into, if you descend into the basement, yeah. you're going into <clears throat> the underside of a house where the ceiling of the basement has been completely obscured by hanging shirts. Like they're all on hangers. They're all on hangers. Uh-huh. And they're hung like up in the rafters. So yeah. there's like, it's almost like a drop ceiling. Okay, sure. Super quiet. Oh, that's interesting. Because it's basically noise canceling. Yeah, yeah. Tons of baffles, you know, just right, like the right. shirts hung there. Yeah. <clears throat> he has so many shirts. He could wear a different shirt. I think it was like a different shirt every day for many, many years. It's like 3,000 t-shirts or something down oh, there. Wow. That's a lot of t-shirts. It's a horde. It's just and a really well-organized horde. So it's a collection. It's I mean, a if it's organized, it's you know maybe a hoard or not, but it's like I have all these t-shirts. I mean, I don't think it's a safety hazard That's in this mean. in the way that like piles of magazines that are impassable, yeah, with sure. mummified cats and dead oh, right. conjoined twins and right. who knows what. Uh, yeah, but he, what are you going to do with that when it becomes your problem when he dies? He also hoards wristwatches. Oh, interesting. 
But not like expensive ones. Just, like, yeah. I don't know. I'd love to see this collection. I, I mean, you can call it hoarding, but it sounds like it's a collection if he's like, it's something he's actively like crawling through and maintaining on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he gets them all at garage sales. My dad loves garage sailing. Yeah. Lifetime supply of things you don't need. Garage sales are full of them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's where people are like, <clears throat> okay, well, I have CD towers up the wazoo. Oh Everybody God. come by my CD tower. Or just like a stack of the crystal cases from CDs with all of the defining information uh-huh. pulled out, like the yeah. liner notes and everything. It's all gone. It's just the crystal cases. Right. It's just a big old stack of jewel cases. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's the nature of like a lot of the waste in America right now or the US anyway. <clears throat> I mean, the fact that like... I bet a lot of the <clears throat> things, if if people are inheriting lifetime supplies of things they don't need, it's probably coming from their dead parents. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think more and more. But I was just thinking about like when you were talking about um, the fashion industry and the whole thing about clothing mm. Africa through like cast off American or US like clothing lines. Yeah. It's like there's so many like, like you think about how much you pay for that clothing and then it's like we're sending it basically for free. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just shiploads, mountains, mountains of it. I mean, that's... There's a lifetime supply of clothing you don't need. Yeah, and it's all made out of polyester, so it's never going to biodegrade. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's going to stick around bags. for a long time. Yeah. Plastic bag clothing. It it kind of smacks of um, that in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that particular story when he talks about the shoes and the shoe industry, like, taking over the planet. And, like, <sighs> there's there's some archaeologist, I forget, and she's, like, ex- excavating and, like, like discover like... I don't remember. There's basically like a whole layer of just shoes on the planet, like <laughs> at some point, and then like the whole species. I, I, I'm I'm sure someone's going to correct me on this at some point, but yeah, um, I kind of remember. I think like the whole planet species basically evolved into birds, so that they didn't have to walk on the ground anymore because the whole shoe industry was like so fucking everything up because it was just basically like that's, sho- that's everything converted to shoe shoe marketing and selling and creation. Um, yeah. So it's always weird to see. Um, like images or movies of people who live in some kind of a remote from the United States part of the world. Oh yeah, and then you see them in like weird corporate logo t-shirts right, right. or like, they're all wandering around with like an Adidas shirt or like a Nike or like or like there's even even ones that aren't specifically like fashion line logos like nike nike makes sports gear so it's like on clothes and shoes and all kinds of stuff and same with adidas but like i don't know like lexus nexus on a freaking (laughs) t-shirt right right. uh, of someone it's like a whole like when napster tried to go legit and it's like a whole line of like napster t-shirts or something (laughs) no one's buying this right (laughs) or your service right we only liked it when it was free (laughs) right exactly <laughs> that's that's like that's such a tragedy. Let's yeah. take something great and ruin it in several ways so that no one will ever want it again. Right, right. Oh, gross. Yeah. Um. I mean, that would be an interesting. We should do it. Wow. It's always like your skirt in trouble, right? When you're like, oh, let's talk about things we know about on the dark web. You know, like that kind of thing. Oh and yeah. Just be like, oh, let's talk about the whole panoply of like internet piracy and the problems with it, and the, you know how people like. <clears throat> um, all the problems that were created it, through the solutions of it, like um, oh sure, 
like unintended consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the like anti-piracy like features in, especially in video games and in software in general, like creates a huge hassle for the people who are legitimately trying, legitimately trying to pay for it. Yes. And the people who are pirating it, they're like, they're driven more, like people are driven more to pirate it because then those problems are removed. And now I can use the software the way it was intended. Yeah. And that, that's always, I mean, I think that's getting better, but it was, you know, an early days, like problem that, you know, it's like, oh, well, we need to make like more hoops for people to jump through. So it's harder and harder to pirate. Yeah. And then someone comes along and it's like, nope, we can just remove all of that and then use the software normally for free and send it out. You know, I'm not, I'm not advocating that so much as I'm just saying it's like, then the legitimate users are stuck with this, like, well, if I want to use it legitimately, I have to have this like actual hardware dongle, which means that, you know, I have to have that kind of port on my computer right. and, you know, and that's the best case scenario. And then what happens when it's like, oh, you know, I upgraded my software and now it doesn't recommend, you know, recognize this thing and like <sighs> this whole like expensive software suite I can't use in my whole, you know, industry or, you know, the industry I'm in, like I'm, I'm cut out for days while I'm trying to troubleshoot this problem. Um, it's, was, it's interesting. Yeah. It's an issue, but. I don't know too terribly much about it. No. I, anyway, I mean that's that's off topic, and we obviously don't ever leave the topic. Like we gotta Never. stick to the topic. The topic we have perfect topics. Every one of our podcasts is perfect. Right. Stays on. Stays on topic the whole way through. Right. I mean, like this. I mean, I'm sure like our audience is going to be like, I really learned a lot from that particular conversation <laughs> that I listened to on the. Yeah. I think sometimes we talk about things that are very informative. Like, I hope so. Did you know? <laughs> did you know? Yeah. I would. Here's a piece of trivia I would like to know. How many different iterations of Monopoly are there now? That's interesting. I yeah. love a lot of them. Some of them I'm not super yeah. jazzed about. I, but I, I mean, my problem with Monopoly is it's such a broken game mechanic. Why? I've, I've, every time I played Monopoly, I've never, um, the, the game is, the game is over way before it's over. Oh, I see what you mean. It takes forever to die. It takes forever for it to be over, but there's no there's no upset at the end. Like I've never played a game of Monopoly where the rules were followed strictly that once you once you become the leader and mm-hmm. you have the bulk of the properties owned, it's over. Yeah. But you can't I mean That's not no, where the game ends. That's not where the game ends. Then the game ends where slowly people i mean it's certainly like a good reflection of the reality of of monopoly and how yes you know we have like antitrust laws and anti-monopoly laws and yet they're completely ineffective at this point i mean we live in a world of monopolies right yeah that and oligarchs yeah um and and then we all suffer for it right i mean it's like there's so many times you're just paying you're 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 basically paying rent a lot of the time for things that you didn't used to pay that much for yeah. And it's such a bigger portion of your paycheck and it's such a bigger portion of your like upkeep every day. Yeah. Some like friends of mine who are interesting people to talk to. I mean that that came out weird. They're fine. Um they were griping about how it sucks when you buy a house on property in the city because you never own that land. You're just paying taxes on it every year, which is kind of equivalent to rent. And so what's the it's a lie right right there is no i don't know that there's anywhere in the u.s that you can buy property that you're not Uh, paying taxes on right you're not like and now i own this and i no longer have to generate any income if i don't want to right like you can't go buy some land and then live off of the land and never return something i i also understand um taxes are a little bit different i mean in the best in the best situation they're you're contributing to the thing that you're using, right? Like you're contributing to the roads and you living in that society. Um, 
I mean, certainly, I mean, there's plenty of people who would argue it's like, no, I want to literally go stake out a point, a plot of land, put up a wall and never leave it. Right. I don't care what you guys do out there. I don't want to pay taxes towards that. I'm never going to use it. I understand that thinking, but I, I think, uh, but I also understand what you mean. Like there is no point where you can't have some kind of like economic income. Like you need to play <clears throat> the money game. You can't, yeah. you can't be like, I've, I'm off the grid. I'm not doing money anymore. Right. Um, that's very difficult to do. Yeah. So, um, it was a long time ago too. Like I may, I may be missing some immense amount of nuance to whatever it was that we were talking about at the time, but I just remember them being like, "It's well, not ownership if you have to keep paying on it." Forever. Sure, and I mean, I it's also like um, it's frustrating too because I think there's there's such a nuance around property ownership in the states anyway because you can't you buy property you own above the you own above the soil like you mineral rights are a whole separate issue. Oh, correct. Yes. You know, you don't own the land. You don't the, own like, the like land. you don't have right to whatever, like, you know, the water. Yeah. Like if you just strike oil on your land, it's like, did you get the mineral rights? You did not. That's not yours. Yep. That still belongs to whoever, you know, sold you the surface. Well, and it's an interesting thing too, like the differentiation between like me consistently paying into something that is tied specifically to my land. And I mean, another way that you could easily envision this mm -hmm. is to say, well, I live on this plot of land that I own, but as a like abstract member of the society that's sort of bounded by the people who live on these plots of land, right. I'm paying into that. Right. Right. Um, maybe they should start calling due to taxes dues and just dues. say like, it's yeah. the cost of citizenship. Yeah. I'm I mean, sure there's like a whole host of problems that are go along with that that I haven't even begun to think about. But in in, <laughs> in the ideal situation, I'm not saying this continues to be the truth, but um, ideally the idealistic approach to taxation was that like we had representation with our taxation, right? Right. And that is like it, it's true tax in the sense of a tax. Like it's not a due because it's like everyone falls under this. Yeah. It is a tax. It is the nature of... Um, you you know the representation of your citizenship is by paying taxes and then also getting representation as in you vote for like you know in the sense that we <clears throat> supposedly live in a democracy right um you know this isn't i'm not trying to open the the can of worms of let's have an argument of whether we still live in a democracy or any of those things now when um, you say democracy <laughs> right. yeah. what does it all mean right what does it all mean what's exactly. the and what's the big answer yeah yeah exactly uh. um uh <laughs> lifetime supply of things you don't need used post-it notes used post-it notes with other people's lists and uh -huh. notes on them right right and and fuzz on the sticky part yep. so you can't even post it anywhere many of them in handwriting you can't even read and you're like wow right no wonder i mean it's in the language you speak technically yes yeah we're not talking about like oh, okay well that's written in spanish and I, my reading of spanish is a little iffy right no it just yeah. People who take poor notes and yes, yeah. can't think. It's like, is that a word or is that a, just a doodle? Not really sure. I'm not sure what that was intended to be. Yeah. Speaking of uh, bad handwriting, I've noticed like my handwriting's gotten kind of bad, like real sloppy lately sometimes when I'm not paying attention. Oh. I mean, to the level of like, well, whatever I wrote down here, I'm sure it was important to me at the time, but there's no chance I'm going to know what that is anymore. Do you know that I heard they don't teach cursive anymore? That is a tragedy. I kind of feel like it is a tragedy. I don't yeah. know why. I don't I write know. in cursive myself. But. It is. I I do, like when I journal, I write in cursive. But I've noticed it's not actually a very efficient um, form of writing. Like it's not shorthand. Oh, it was, yeah. That it was, was supposed, supposed to, to be, be quicker, quicker somehow because everything buy that. flows together. I don't buy that. Um, I really enjoy it. Like when I... 
when I'm practiced at it, I like the way it looks. It's very like personal. Um, I also enjoy how um, it's it, it's just a style of writing that I really like. I like the way it looks mm-hmm. because everything slants a certain way, and and if I really like keep it tidy, like it looks really tidy on the page. Yeah. It's also nice because words are really clear because words are all tied together, and then there's a space. That's true. If you and have so, bad kerning in yeah, your handwriting, <laughs> yeah. If you have bad kerning in your handwriting, like it fixes that in a lot of ways. The other thing I like about it is um, I find that it's better like once if you're in the mindset of being able to read cursive, I think people can read my cursive better because the words are really grouped appropriately. And so it's much easier to infer even if a particular letter is like pretty messy, you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh no. Okay. Your mind like puts it together and you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. Cause the words are always like properly grouped. Yeah. Um, so cursive works for Ned. It does work for me. Yeah. It works pretty good. I remember like they, wouldn't let us write our names at school in cursive until we had made it through the alphabet to the point where all of the letters in our name were ones we had learned already. Really? So like if your name was Liz, you wouldn't get to write your name in cursive until we went all the way A through Z. Oh man. Which was a dumb rule. Like at the time I bristled at it, even though like all my letters are in the first half of the alphabet. Right. So it didn't take that long, but I was just kind of like, what a stupid rule. It's kind of, I always found that really frustrating um, because it feels exclusive. Like, exclusive. Yeah. like, it's like, well, for the rest of my course, you know, through the rest of my career through school, I will always be last because I have Z's in my name. Yeah, it's weird. Whatever. Like, especially if your last also, name is like Z. Also, it's like Z-Gor not that much extra. Why would you tell a kid, don't learn more stuff, wait until I teach it to you? Like, if some kid wants to learn to write their name in cursive, I think that should be like one of the first things as you work through the alphabet. Right. You can do both. You can, yeah. Kids are not morons. They're just like... No, it's just new information. Man, trying I tell to you what, I think half the reason that people have... Uh, issues like performing in school and stuff is because the pace at which you are expected to learn is so plodding like the pacing of school is all wrong right that's what i want to say right it's like and it's not it has nothing to do with going slow enough till you reach consensus that everybody in the class understands the concept and been moving on it's mm-hmm. like the expectations are so low mm-hmm that I think? feel half the problem is just people are bored out of their minds. Like, I can't pay attention to this because it's so halting and interrupted. Right. And, like, I, we still haven't gotten to the end of what you want to say, and I've already lost track. But it's not because I can't read or think. It's because this is boring me to death. Right. And, I, I mean, but that is a problem in general, like, when you have an audience, right? Like, as adults, I mean, that is... I. I don't disagree with you because your expectation, like maybe part of it is not being prepped and being taught. Like one of mm-hmm. the early things you need to learn is how to, how to adapt your own pacing um, to that. But I, <clears throat> I mean, you could also argue like for me, it's like, sure, I suffered from that too, where it was like, sometimes I needed things to move more quickly for, in order for my attention mm-hmm. to stay focused on it. Yeah. Um, and then <coughs> one of the problems of course, for me was that I would get punished for doing things that allowed me to maintain my focus yeah, me too. by distracting myself. Right. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm here, I'm sitting in the seat and I need to be able to play with this thing while you're talking because otherwise I can't, I, I can't focus on what you're doing. I feel like our brain pings things too quickly so that if there's not a huge rate of change from the first thing to the second thing to the third one, you just like, you oh. Like my brain is like, oh, I can take 60% of what I'm doing away from this and put it on something else simultaneously because every time I check back here, we're still on the same thing. 
Right. Right. <clears throat> but repeat that like thousands of times a day. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, and that's as an adult, like I've learned to have coping mechanisms that are socially acceptable as mm-hmm. best I can. Right. Like I can't, I can't go to go into a meeting and have like a toy in my hand. Like I can't be like also fucking around with a Rubik's cube in the meeting. Although that's more acceptable now than it ever was. Right. Yes. Um, because there is understanding that it's like people learn at different rates. People have different ways of like being present in yeah. for information that is necessarily bottlenecked through the communication channels that we're doing right? right and then also like you have to kind of lower it to the lowest common denominator because you do want everybody on board that's the whole point of meeting in a class or whatever you're doing it's like all of us are going to learn this thing and move forward right um but like you say like it's it, it's hard it'd be nice to have like it's certainly nice when you're learning like to have more autonomy about your pacing yourself and it's certainly more efficient um yeah like lo- like the idea of lumping kids together by age like an arbitrary age bracket <clears throat> like by the year of school that you're in yeah. as opposed to i don't know some other metrics that i could think about like it disregard age for a second mm-hmm. and focus on like mental aptitude you know like if you've got kids that are really good at something let them go be good at it Right, like, right. And teach them other stuff too. But sure. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a teacher. Whatever. I just have. I, yeah. I mean, it's a complex issue. I, I just, I look at the way that like elementary through high school is sort of taught the way that, the way that I experienced it. And then right. after we graduated, they did the like no child left behind scam. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's all so wrong. It's all just like, what, why are you trying to shoehorn everything into this weird system that we have and then like test on all of it? It's just bizarre. It doesn't accomplish anything. Right. Right. Anyway. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, not to like nitpick too, too much, but I, one of the things like what you're saying, um, like, especially with like no child left behind, the problem is oftentimes what it says, like what it's called versus what it's actually doing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't leave any children behind. That's, we can all agree with that. Let's get behind it. But the practicality of it and what they were actually doing was not that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. it was creating, it was creating a lot of hurdles and things for like people being able to do good in the education system. <clears throat> that, that said, it's like the tail wagging the dog. Like now the things you teach are the things that end up on this standardized test. Right. right. As opposed, and so that's another weird like angular sh- thing you have to shoehorn a person into. Like as if it wasn't bad enough that you're right. stacking year after year. Well, and it's, I mean, a lot of these things, because it's, it's like why steam became steam. I'm sorry. STEM became steam is because it was, you know, it's not that people in the arts are like, well, fuck you. Like, don't they, they're like, fuck you. Don't leave us behind in the funding. Yeah. That's why we want it to be called steam because if you call it STEM, then people are like, Oh, Science, technology, um, engineering, and math are super important. Let's put all our money over there. And then the arts are left high and dry, right? And yeah. it's not that they don't have value. Th- I mean, that happened when I was in high school, too. It was like the yeah. sports that got funded and like other type of work. And like, you know, if you had a great math team, mm-hmm. the mathletes got their funding. But the arts were always left out. Yeah. And that's where it's, um, you know, I mean... Uh, this is like a, you know, it's just a massive problem. Like there's yeah. just a lot to talk about that I don't think I'm going to be able to like fully, like I, I'm. We should get a teacher I'm, on this show. I'm, I'm under-researched. I have several teachers. We are under-researched on this. I'm, I'm very under-researched to like really give Well, it real... let me say this. Yeah. The current education system, I don't like it. 
There we go. I can speak that intelligently at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. all I that's all I can. Well, and I mean we both come from like <clears throat> very different experiences of having gone through the education system of our time. Yeah, and then we both spent being, a bunch of our own money to keep going. Yeah, and being failed by that like multiple times uh-huh. and then all the hurdles you have to go through and it, you know the horror stories of all of that. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's easy to be like it's easy to be like well this is how we should fix it. It's harder to be like oh actually actually Actually, the way it could be fixed is very different than, you know, yeah. and I mean, a lot of these things, it's again, like you're left in this compromised situation where it's like, okay, but there's 30,000 people that want to do this thing and they're all different. Yeah. And how do you pace 30,000 people with the same education or with the same material? Mm-hmm. And some people might take a year and some people might learn it in a day. Um, I mean, those being hyperbolic extremes, but right. still it's, it's kind of, um, I, I think the great thing about America, and I don't know if this is still true, or at least in the U.S., the education system is even though there's a lot of stigma around doing it a certain way and you mm-hmm. kind of, especially when you're in the education system, as someone who basically went backwards through it the whole way, yeah, um, you know, was constantly fighting against every single thing at every moment, um, I was still able to do it. I was still able to get all the way to the point where I... I have a bachelor's of science and that's amazing. And that's great. I mean, for someone who dropped out of high school, right? Like, and, um, and it's, it's hard when you don't fit the mold and you're not in the mold. And, um, but in the U S like I, like I could still, like you're still considering going back for a graduate degree program or several or several, like it's not, um, and those things are available to you. And that part is nice. Like it's hard and it's frustrating and there's lots of like, well, why didn't you do this when you got out of school? Like, why are you, why'd you wait so long? All of these problems. And, um, but we do live in a broad enough society and we don't have such a strong class system as other countries that I've like lived in and like tried to navigate education systems with where, um, where it's much harder. It's like, we did, this is just not an option to you. You missed your chance. Right. You're 18 now. You're done. Tough luck. If you wanted that, you needed to make that decision when you were 16. You can no <sighs> longer do this. Um, and it just becomes harder and harder. Whereas the U.S. has, and I'm not, I like we also have that, you know, it's like the American dream, right? It's like you're going to make it big and you're going to make it rich. And you're going to get rich and you're going to do all these things. And, and those are... I, the nice thing is, is that those doors aren't quite so bolted shut as they are somewhere else, but yeah. they're also like, um, that's also something that we're sold. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult too, because it's like a lot of people are like, Oh, you can do anything you want. And it's like, well, no, you know, it's not as a lot of this is luck. Right. Yeah. Um, one of my professors was always griping, um, totally legitimately mm-hmm. about how the experience of being a professor has been turned into a transaction. Yeah. And like, well, this is, I, How you know, frustrating that was. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, I think that's one of the arguments about um, the issue of like, say, art versus like arts versus some of the more practical. I, I hate to even qualify it like that, but yeah. some of the other edu- <clears throat> like other pathways. Right. So like you're looking at art between art and engineering. It's it's easy for people to be like, oh, if I put my money in engineering, the return is real obvious. There's an economic gain that's going to happen. It's like pretty immediate. Um, yeah. Whereas if I put my money in art, that, that sort of like that overall impression of that artist and their, you know, like if, if it's really just a matter of like funding two projects, like one where this person's going to do this public art piece mm-hmm. and the other one where this person's going to start this like company that's going to produce this widget that's then going to sell and right. I'm going to get returned. The art thing, the return on that is like, 
the reality might be like we did this art and a hundred years later, a whole generation of children were inspired and grew up to be way more interesting and like mm. people who cared about our society <laughs> in a very different way and solved problems in a very different way. But that's that return is so far away. Yeah. And me as the investor, like, where's my return? Art, I'm like practically dead before that happened. Art art makes your future children less stupid. Yeah, I mean, I that's you know, the payoff. But then it's like, but where's the where's the backing on that? Like, that's just something that like I think is the case, and it's also very subjective. And well, again, like, it's so like not, the but stuff, that's, the that's stuff that gets is. the stuff that the types of things right now yeah. where we find ourselves located in reality is that we're in like late stage or like really advanced capitalism. Like it's about to be the practical economic thing all over the face of the planet. Right. So right, globalization right. took care of that. Yep. So like all of the things that we think about as being practical mm-hmm. are things that practically generate money, like things that are not, Art is too aesthetic. Art is too. <clears throat> art is not an industrial process, right? In right. most cases, I'm sure there are some people who do art with industrial processes that are amazing. And I'm not talking about like 3D printing or things like that. I'm talking about producing massive amounts of stuff on an industrial scale that reaches and serves many, many, many people, and therefore right. creates a large amount of money in return. Right. So, right. like, good art, if it, especially if it's coming from a good artist, is not on that scale yeah and so like the things that are valued are things that are industrial right but i mean yes i don't disagree with you there is people do pay i mean i'm just thinking about this now me too Um, i mean i haven't thought about this when we talk about um say like a media-based industry like we're talking about film video music yeah um you know, it's like at first I was kind of thinking, I'm like, well, yes, you're right. Like people aren't making mass, like someone's not like I'm making original sculptures for everyone. Right. Everyone gets their own David in their living room if they want it and you can buy it here. Um, you know, there's not a, not a big industry for that, but, um, I think it's reasonable to argue that film, like there's a film industry that is, a, a, it's a purely, sure, but that's it's an a purely art form. entertainment. It is an art form. It's an art form, but it's an art form that lends to being industrially mass produced it's reproducible every time yes. you every time you screen the movie right every time you send a movie role to a theater right. every time you have it every time someone accesses it digitally online yeah you're reproducing the original thing with super high fidelity yeah and so it's the industrialization of that art that makes it accessible to that many people yeah and therefore it's profitable yes but right like the type of art Arts and humanities mm-hmm. are just the types of things that it's difficult to put a finger on, but they just make the experience of all of that industrialized stuff livable because it makes life worth living. Yes. Yeah. Right. But that gets overlooked because people seem to think, well, I'm not going to be here if I don't have a way to make money. So making money is first. And then right. these other things make the making money part of it tolerable. Tolerable. Yeah. Which right. I think is backwards. Yeah. Because it presupposes that the making money thing is even a thing that we've... Right. been focused on for that long and it hasn't really been right <clears throat> there's been art and like the expression of the human experience way before there was industrialization yes yeah um so you can't have one before i mean putting putting the in the capital industrialization in front of the art or saying that's what justifies the art yeah. really sucks yeah yeah no i don't disagree with you um i think that's that's 
it, it's the nature of what we live with. At the I moment. mean, why like, do people tell you not to be an artist? Because you're going to be poor. Right. That's the right. only argument that's, I've ever heard from anybody about why you. Yeah, you're be always going to be a starving, struggling artist. That's kind of the like the nature, right? They talk about like you know. Is that all you got? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's that's your one. But that's also, I mean, it's also encouraging to think like you know it, that's that's not such a deterrent. There are plenty of people who are doing that. I mean, you and I have kind of struggled through those moments in our life at, at yeah. points, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. And so it's not, I, I mean, I often think it's like, it's, it's, it's a poor, it's a poor thing to say to somebody because you're also the nature of being poor, especially now. I mean, I'm like the generations that are us and, and past us, like mm-hmm. we don't, like, none of us even have those opportunities. Yeah. Like the idea, oh, you're going to own a home. Like yeah. that's no. like, you know, as we talk about like the millennial generation, it's like, they're just like completely disillusioned through that. And you know, they're just now able to kind of get a foot in the door as far as like speaking towards it and like voting, you know, voting economically or like right. anything because the generation before us, like they just had so much more opportunity and their expectation is that that's what we have now. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to be like, well, if you're an artist, you're not going to have any opportunity. And it's like, I already don't have an opportunity. Like yeah. I might as well do a thing that I enjoy. Like I don't, you know, you're, you're, there's today's your guide mis- to your mis- tip for living well in hell. Yeah, make like, art. Make lots of art. Your misplaced guidance comes from like completely out of context. Like mm-hmm. I don't live in the context you did. Right. I can't reasonably go learn a trade and then expect to then own a house. Right. Anywhere. Yeah. Let alone get work or put food <clears throat> on the table or not just basically crawl into debt. Just learning that trade. Forget about getting a four-year degree or any of this other bullshit that was like sold to us is right. like go climb an ivory tower and then step be an amazing one, person. Step two, step yeah, three, step like four. oh, become a doctor or a lawyer. It's like I even doctors. I mean, that's not a like it. It's prestigious, but yeah, your guarantee of lots of money is not great. You know, no, you have it's to, hard to like, run those practices. It's hard. Like everything is, you yeah. know, it's not. That's an amazing amount of work and it's awesome. And we still need that. And I, you know, I don't think they're overpaid per se. It's more just a matter of like just across the board, like the wealth is so skewed now at this point that Mm -hmm. it's like everything's in tech, right? I mean, it's basically like, what's your great startup idea? Forget it. That's, yes. What's your, what's your get rich quick in the tech world scheme? Right. And if you don't have one of those, like, well, you know, whatever, go grind somewhere and get out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Bruh. Bruh. Bruv. What's up, bruv? Bruv. So, um, anyway, I, it's, you know, I, like, I feel like I'm kind of speaking this from, speaking to this, like, from a pretty ill-informed, like, position as far as, like, the, the real nature of it. Um, mm. like, I only have, like, my story of, like, the things I went through and the yeah. things that I see, and it's not, I, I definitely don't want to come across as being, like, you know what we should have done? Well, the only reason we don't want to come across like that is because we do know everything but we just don't want people to be like intimidated by us because <laughs> right, like right. that's how that works yeah. yes we like friends so i mean well, well we don't know how to solve any of these right. problems don't ask us the reason the reason your podcast isn't doing well is you're so alienating to your audience yeah, right <laughs> audience you come across as an asshole for one thing but not in an entertaining way <laughs> an entertaining way yeah. just uh, listening to your it, podcast feels like i'm stuck in the car with family <laughs> 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 i 
I only do it when I have to. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, I only do it when I have to. <laughs> oh, that oh that FCBM podcast. I know that one. I only listen to it when I have to. <laughs> I only listen to it when I have to. Right. Um, oh, God. So, yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. So I saw this something funny recently. Uh, how how long have we been talking? Uh, I think we're we're pushing about fifty five minutes, so we could really okay. wrap it up. Well, then I won't tell that story. I'll save it for next time. Oh, a little teaser! It's I about have, a spider. It's about a spider. <laughs> well, it's really about my neighbor. I was going to actually uh, ostensibly it's about my neighbor, right? But really, it's about but a spider. really it's about a spider and a giant misunderstanding. But you know, funny. funny. Um, I was actually going to say, uh, I kind of had a thought, but I, it's kind of left my mind. Oh, um, so I had kind of thought about, uh, this is just like, as we're wrapping up, cause we're talking about the podcast now, I was just going to yeah. say, um, I've been thinking like more and more about, um, like who this will appeal to and like what, you know, and making sure like, how do we make sure that it continues to be something that people enjoy listening to? Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, one of the things I think about is like, you know like right now we've kind of been doing unedited right like we're just kind of like you know like even when we take a break and like the little comments of like well we'll just cut right here it's like nah we won't cut that like people will understand like that's fine it just takes a second you know and then i also think i i think a lot about like the context of um how people are listening to it like where their context like you're probably sitting in your car Mm. or in traffic or maybe you're um you know you're putting it on while you're doing the dishes you're doing some housework or you're doing like ideally like i hope like a lot of people are like oh like i'm doing a fun crafting thing and i just want something in the background like people some rambling along and occasionally i can be a little bit outraged about how stupid they you know that comment is so narrow-minded and totally out of context or my favorite the thing that i do a lot like i listen to um a lot of podcasts where it's like two people discussing a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you left out the most important Port thing. Part, yeah. Like I remember um, there was this podcast called um, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, or there is, it continues to be uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind. And there was one episode where they were, ta- I, th- I feel like, I don't remember the whole thing, but they were basically talking about um, species where the mating ritual involves like the death of the other partner. Yeah. And, and they talked a lot about these like really interesting species I didn't know. And I was like, I'm pretty sure praying mantises are that way. And they just didn't mention them at all. And I was like outraged. Like Um, there's spiders who eat them. They talked about spiders and and all the like, but praying, I thought praying mantises and I could be wrong, but I think it's, it's commonly like, it's not always, she bites the head off or something. I thought anyway, and they didn't bring it up. And I was like, that's what I was imagine. Like that feeling of like, how did you not say the most obvious thing? Um, but, uh, but also, like, I don't participate, like, I don't go to their message boards, and I and they always talk about on the podcast, they're like, oh, well, we'll have a follow-up in the discussion, and I'm sure they, co- I'm sure someone else has mentioned that. Right. Um, or it's been, or I'm full of shit, and it's not even a real thing, whatever. But, um, I, so I think about that, like, like, a podcast is kind of a weird thing. It's like, there's room for, um, you know, participation from the audience point yeah. of view. Like, they can, you know, we can provide message boards and we can do all kinds of stuff or like Twitter or uh, like these public forums and yeah. things. But, um, it is a weird, the podcast in itself is a weird format because a, it's already been recorded. Like no one's going to call in right now and be like, look, I've been listening to what you right. guys have been saying and this is really important. Um, and so it's an interesting format to me. I know people do like live broadcasts now, um, like live streaming so that you can be, which is something we might That's think fun. about doing, um, like they do that with videos too. Like a lot of the YouTube channels that I've been watching in the last couple of weeks, 
I've noticed they talk about like, oh, come over to my Twitch channel where I'll be doing a live broadcast next week at whatever time. Mm-hmm. And like, they're just like, there's real live stream comments coming in while they're doing the thing, whatever their, you know, whatever their topic is. It's like TV you can actually yell at. Yeah. And then the person hears you on the other end. Whoa. So. No. Anyway, I, it's something to think about. And I'd like, I'm just to, thinking I'd about like the, to explore more opportunities for me to be yelled at by strangers. Yes, absolutely. Like I don't troll, get that enough in real time. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, those are I, like, I, I think we always joke about it. It's like, well, someone's going to be upset about this and we're going to get some real nasty comments. I can't wait to read them. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I'm like, setting your expectations real low means that like when there is something like actually engaging to say, it's like, Oh, that's, I didn't expect that that's at all. That's good. great. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was my, I was just kind of rambling. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, well, I think, um, lifetime supply of things you don't need. I was just going to kind of ramble off a r- list of things. Like I was thinking about all these things. Podcast with no direction. Yeah. Podcast with no direction. <laughs> like, uh, you know, hours of conversation that lead nowhere. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, I was thinking about like also just like all of the like the little things in our lives that are like just sort of weird products like, um, you know, straws recently having been this thing that had been like, oh, we're going to get rid of all the straws and save the planet. I right. mean, obviously, everybody, I, I hope most people realize that's not really not a solution to anything. Right. Um, I mean, it's no, sorry. It's not great that it's, plastic it's, goes into the ocean. Yeah, yes. I feel like I'm all just like, that. well, you're dumb for trying to solve it. No, right. great. Good that's job. I'm super glad we're all talking about it. Individual um, responsibility is and awareness around the yeah, consequences absolutely. that your actions have. That's great. Right. But the things that will save the planet in yeah. terms of the global temperatures going high enough that it kills all of us off and right a much bigger problem much bigger problem caused by much greater actors right like a hundred companies produce 75 percent of the pollution on the surface of the planet it's not from your drinking straw right right and and that's it's a little from your drinking straw yeah and i was just thinking about how um there was a similar parallel to that where it was those like you had you were supposed to cut up the um the soda can or the beer can like uh six pack retention rings yep like that was a huge thing for a long time it's like oh they're killing sea turtles and whatever and yes they are so is all the other garbage right it's those are the ones that just look like horrifying on tv mm-hmm. um and you know i'm not saying well the creepy thing about it too like is they put microplastics in everything and when your plastic degrades over time it yeah. degrades into these like you know you drop a plastic cup and you don't notice it but like tiny bits of plastic that don't break down and are not inert in the environment right just start to accumulate everywhere yep. and it's in the food chain which means everything we're eating carries microplastics with it into your body right which really sucks because at some point just passively in the air and the water and the soil and the food mm-hmm. like all that will accumulate somewhere right right and i like nobody knows what that's going to look yeah. and feel like that it's going to suck is what right. because it's going to become toxic just in just passively toxic because there's right. just such a huge distributed volume of it in the environment right that never right. is going to go away yeah so you know lifetime supply of things you don't need you right. know microplastics um you know plastic straws like um just little like every time you buy a product it's like all those little twisty ties and stuff that keep yep. it in the card or whatever keep it packaged the way it is or like anytime yeah. you get something that's like oh look there's a little like all of the literature that comes with a good, like yep. all the like printed pieces of papers, like the warning stickers and all of those things. And like, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of have a lifetime supply of these things and you're so inundated with it. Like you can't process it anymore. Right. Um, and it, it's, 
you know. I and mean, that for those things to be durable and stand up to like industrial production and shipping and stuff, it's all got to be plastinated. So that's like paper yeah. pulp that's been plasticized on right. one side so that right. it's resilient in it's the It's like we'll just put a plastic coating on that and then it'll be fine. Coat everything in plastic. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So we should do an episode about plastic. I think we, I think we can. Yeah. Um, we should definitely get there. Sweet. All right. So we call that that one good? Yeah. But I want to reiterate that my tip for living well in hell yes. is make art. Make art. I feel like that was one you did already. Didn't we? Well, yeah. I'm repeating myself then okay. because it's that important. Make art. It's important. Okay. Lots of it. We'll give it that. All right. Um, okay. 